Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three, and here we are. Boom! <laughs> Back, baby. Again. You don't, you don't even have to call in this time. No, no call-in guests, no special hosts. No special appearances. I'm back. You know, it's funny, you don't realize how much you love the sun until you go somewhere and it disappears for three days. It wasn't sunny at all while you were there? Dude, it, it, when I got in Friday, I was, uh, it's funny, it was sunny on Friday when I flew into Seattle and I was walking to the little mixer thing that they were having and while I was walking there, you know, the sun's out and it's blue skies and it's so nice and I remember thinking to myself like, don't get fooled, bro, don't get fooled, this ain't Seattle. And uh, it's kind of like Telluride in the spring. It's like, this ain't Telluride, dude. Telluride in the freaking winter is a totally different, different piece, man. Totally different thing. Can't fall in love with it here. And uh, sure enough, man, that was the last time I saw the sun. I woke up Saturday morning and it was like gray and overcast. And it was, uh, and that was it. A little rain here and there. Had a fucking gnarly thunderstorm roll through. Uh, Saturday night, we were out on the dinner cruise in the harbor. Like, I've never really been in a thunderstorm, a lightning storm, where the lightning is like, over your head 
It was like being in a globe of lightning. And so, like, I've been where it's, like, coming down all around you. Just above you? But I've never seen, like, a lightning, you know, yeah, like, go, whoosh, like crack, like, you know, go across the, the sky above you. So. That's pretty cool. It was pretty interesting, man. It was pretty, uh. Yeah, that's one thing. We, we live in a cool place out here in the mountains. We don't get very many thunderstorms and lightning storms. We get them, but not, not like they do up there. We get them. Well, that was actually super rare. Was it? Dude, everyone was tripping out. I'm not oh, doing the fucking live stream. I gave up already. I'm too stoned. <laughs> Good reason. It is. It is. So, I mean, for the two people, and I'm probably one of them that will watch it. Uh, my wife's the other. It wasn't worth the effort. It wasn't worth the effort. Um, Fair enough. No, man, yeah, man. The whole time I, the, we were out there, people were tripping out. They're like, we never see this. Like, one of the girls cool. was from that area, and she said she'd never seen anything like it. I mean, it shut down the airport. One of the speakers, um, he got stuck on the uh, the tarmac, the you know runway, mm-hmm. for like two hours because he landed, but they couldn't get the ground crew out to the plane to, to bring it in to deplane them. Yeah, just stuck out there. Just stuck out there for like two hours, man. Yeah, apparently they had to like the University of Washington. Like the boat went by, like it's crazy. Their their stadium is right by this harbor, or you know, and so you got people like anchored out there partying, and uh, yeah, they tailgate on the harbor. Tailgate on the harbor. Yeah, you don't really call it a tailgate, I guess, if you're on the harbor. Well, you do, just because that's kind of the name for the, it. The name for it, but yeah, but the uh, they had to postpone that game. It was nuts. They had to cancel a bunch of shit. That was going on around there because mm. they don't usually get weather like that. I don't think you get weather like that anywhere. Too usually, places, I mean, where, yeah. where the fuck do you have like lightning storms like all around you over your head like on a regular basis? So, but uh, it was cool. It was really cool. I mean, being out on the water it wasn't. You know, it's not like it was in the water. You're not like really in any danger. We weren't in a giant boat. It was definitely much larger things around us <laughs> to attract any potential lightning strike. So you would hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was fun. It was cool. And then we did some fucking um, paint, or what was it? Laser tag. So we go to do the laser tag, and I show up, and it's uh, I pay my money, I sign the waiver, and I get in there. (laughs) And the motherfucker goes, Oh, you can't have open toed shoes. And I got my like super Jesus sandals on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're fucking high-performance footwear. I mean, people literally run... They're based on the shoes that Taramaru wore to, you know, run the Leadville 100 and shit like that. And he goes, yeah, you can't have open-toed shoes. And I'm like, okay. You know, sandals, I understand. You can't have those. And he goes, you gotta go talk to my manager. And so I go, and I'm like, I need to talk to the manager. And this fucking kid comes up, and he's like, oh, yeah, I can't have open-toed shoes. You know, it voids the... Um, the liability waiver he, he, he's like do you have shoes you can change into and i'm like no you know i'm just visiting and so he goes well i can give you a gift card i'm like a gift card you can't give me my money back and he's like no i can give you a gift card i'm you know i'm sitting here you know how this shit works man these guys they don't have any power at all right like they are just straight up this is the policy. I'm just the mouthpiece for the policy. That's it. You can piss all over me, all over you want, man. Like, all you want. But it ain't going to change shit. So, I'm trying to like, hmm. So, I ask him. I'm like, so, 
It says in the liability waiver that <laughs> I can't wear open-toed shoes. I'm just trying to like piece this together, right? Like, because I've beaten a few fucking lawyers at their own own game, actually. And uh, and he's like, yeah, it says in there. I'm like, okay, so it says in the fine print. If I go in there and read it, it's gonna say it. And he's like, yeah. And he turns around. He's like, and it says, uh, and I can tell he's looking for something behind him, like something. A big, a, something, just something, right. something by the fucking price board that tells you how much this shit is and what all is going on. They're like no open-toed shoes. They're like no outside food or drink, you know, all this other shit. But there's nothing that says no open-toed shoes. And he turns around and he realizes it and he's like, yeah, yeah, it says it in the, you know, in the waiver <laughs> there. And I'm like, I realize what's going on. I'm like, all right, buddy, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I was like, give me the gift card. It's cool. I'll give it to one of the guys that live here, and uh, I'll catch an Uber back to my hotel, and it's no big deal. It's not a fucking big deal, really. It's no big deal. So I go back in there, and I tell them, and everybody's bombed. They're like, what? They won't let you play? And I'm like, dude, you know these shoes? And like, that's horse shit, man. Those shoes are fine. And I'm like, I know. What am I going to do? And then uh, all of a sudden, it, um, it dawns on me, and like I think one, one of the other guys, too, was like, hey, does anybody have shoes he can borrow? Because there were some people, it was Sunday, so it was the last day of the event. So there were people who were going to the airport, but they weren't flying out till that night. And so they just had some time to kill. So they were coming and playing laser tag. Oh, okay. And so we were like, yeah, can you, anybody have some shoes? And my buddy, man, buddy Tom from New York, he, he, was a, uh, he actually bought some of my pedals. And he was with us, like he drove there with us, and he had his back or his, his, uh, his suitcase, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got some shoes." And he's like, "You know, I wore them today. They're sweaty." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't give a fuck <laughs> if I get to play this game. Like, I don't. I'm about to have to go back to my hotel and just sit there and do nothing, right? Like, I don't care." So yeah, he fucking hooks me up, and he's got these bright white shoes. <laughs> They're pretty sweet though. They're like cool, like minimalist, you know, uh, like you know, fucking... Vivo. You know, minimus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're good, fucking good shoes. And they fit good. So... Having to be the right size. Having to be the right size, you know. And then, and he had, he was like, oh, you want some socks? And I'm like, man, I'll bet your feet will hurt. Your shoes will probably prefer if I do. <clears throat> so he gave me some socks and he had some sweet fucking Spider-Man calf socks. So I'm running around playing laser tag in these bright white shoes with <laughs> Spider-Man socks. I'm so pumped because I'm there. You know, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, yes. I won. I fucking won before I even got in here. And so, yeah, we went in and played. And it was a totally different laser tag experience than like what we have here. What we have here is like simple and fun. Their shit is all like, oh, you have like 180 shots and then you've got to do this to reload and you get hit twice and then you got to go back to your base and get reset and and then it's just like you cannot you know don't do this and don't do that and here's these fucking rules and you can get kicked out for this and i'm just like oh my god we just want to shoot each other with these i just want to shoot each other with fucking put 10 lasers like yeah the, how, the setup we have here i'll be totally honest with you the laser tag we have here was fucking way funner i mean the two-story setup and just the fact that like oh you get shot and you have like five seconds that you can't shoot and then you're back in the game and it's you know whatever it's fun it's not overly complicated. Which it shouldn't be. Which it shouldn't it's be. laser tag. So, yeah, I know, man. But I felt pretty conspicuous trying to move around in my bright white shoes. <laughs> <laughs> trying to not get shot. But it was fun. There was one that was sniper. I was actually pretty decent at. It was one shot, one kill. But, and then, but if you missed, it actually took points away from you. 
And so, you know, if you ran around with the auto just shooting, you had a gun that you could switch from single to, like, auto and then safety. I don't know why you have safety, but they did. Um, But, yeah, I did pretty good with that. Got fucking six kills in one game. That's pretty sweet. With that. I would have tried that, too, for sure. Tried the sniper gun. Yeah. Well, no, no. It was a. It was a game. Oh, it was a game. Yeah. So like that. Oh, a game so where it was the same game, same gun. Yeah. It just sniper rules. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Deathmatch was like. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It was. They had like two games they played where it was like team deathmatch, and it was just every time you got killed, you had to go get respawned. You had two lives. Just whoever racked up the most points won. You didn't get points taken away for missing. You know, so you could just run out there and just fucking. But you had only a certain number of bullets, and then you had to take your your clip out and hit some fucking white button a few times to reset it, and then pop it back in. So it's a pain in the ass. You know, you know, you just find line. You don't want to just run around like a total maniac. But <laughs> it's more fun though. It is pretty fun. <laughs> Towards the end, they'd be counting down. I'd just be running around. Like, <laughs> you know, shit. What are you gonna get? Zero percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. So. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that was our uh, um, that was the recreation part. That's not why you went trip. to see. No, that's you not go, why I went. You didn't go specifically for. It wasn't laser to go tag. drink beer and then fucking go on a dinner cruise and then play laser tag. But those were good side parts. But no, the uh, it was a a seminar workshop, whatever you want to call it, with um, Joel Jameson, who I've mentioned several times on the podcast. Uh, he's got a, a BioForce um, is a, you know BioForce coach whatever certified coaches his certification, but it basically he's got a certification where he just really schools you in his methods, which are you know how to use specific um, cardio training and and uh, you know kind of things that blur strength and cardio training, how to use those things in specific ways to get specific results, and then how to incorporate. Um, uh, recovery and regeneration uh, tactics into your overall program to help individualize programs for people based on their recovery levels and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the smartest dudes in the field today. So he's definitely been a big influence on me, but um, he had that certification. And it's funny, every time I tell people like what it is, they're like, oh, it's like a, a recertification thing. And it's like, no, it's not one of these fucking cheesy ass money grab fucking research. You gotta do a God, research. Yes, a research, exactly. I'm like, no, it's not a research, man. I'm not having to go and pay money to go through the same shit. He is just putting on a free event where him and he's having other coaches came come in and it was just a really cool uh, event and it was just free for people who have done or are taking his course uh, to come to for free. And it's really cool. It was like the antithesis of what you usually run into in the quote unquote certification industry, which is every two years. It's yeah, like, you yep, make some money again. Got to make some money again, buddy. Oh, gotta, yep, your certification's about to expire. Exactly. Got to, yeah, we got to make sure you understand how to coach that fucking thing we showed you two years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that always bugged the shit out of me. Man, I, I used to work for the ISSA. And so I had like every certification that they had at one point and I let them all go because I tried to keep them and I was sitting there taking one of these courses that qualified for CEUs. I was like, this is such a waste of time. This is such a waste of fucking time. 
Like, I understand what's going on here. This company has a deal with the ISSA where, you know, there's some, you know, hey, we approve you, but what that really means is, is there's some money exchanging hands in this whole fucking process. And, you know, maybe it's good or bad, whatever it is, but at a certain point for certain people, it becomes a giant waste of time, giant waste of time. And so, and ISSA isn't the only one to do it. I'm certainly not singling them out. Like every fucking group out, they all fucking do it. If CEUs is just code for fucking, you know, some sort of deal. uh, Get some money moving. Something, something. Money's moving, money's moving. And uh, yeah, recertification, again, is code for, we need some more money from you, buddy. I do, we were talking about that, like the kettlebell guys. Like, so if you take an RKC certification, how much does that cost? I think it's like a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks. At least like twenty five hundred. Like, I'm I'm sure I I think I pay like two grand at least for mine. Yeah, Yeah, so you're somewhere in the the two grand range, give or take. And then you got to recertify every two years, and that's a few hundred bucks. So if you've been a kettlebell guy for 10 years, dude, like you've literally invested like six grand. You know what I mean? If you do the math, if every two years you're putting in 500 bucks, 10 years, that's a thousand dollars in, so I guess maybe not six grand, you know, but you know, you put up like, but it's still, it's like you put up like, you know, several thousand dollars into this methodology, like you're definitely bought in hook, line and sinker. You're not doubting the power of that's the kettlebell swing. Plant that flag and die on that hill. You're not down in the kettlebell because you don't you don't want to throw your money away you feel like you're pissing your money away Uh so there's power in not having certifications Mm -hmm. and being beholden i was like mike boyle had a saying that stuck with me he said like my goal is to be the smartest least qualified guy in the room (laughs) like yes Yes. that is that is it that's the goal it's like if you're smart enough they can't ignore you and who cares what who, who cares what your qualifications you are right you went through this course at a certain course. point yeah you gotta you gotta defend those letters behind your name and uh yeah so that's one of the reasons i don't have any i just realized it was a giant waste of time so i'm gonna go do things like you know how many ceus i got for going to joel's event zero fucking zero <laughs> exactly <laughs> right and you, but I'm rubbing elbows with like fucking top strength coaches from those like you know guys from major league baseball teams, guys that had uh, worked at you know the D1 level with uh, at, you know football coaches, guys who were man there were strength coaches at like several like uh, like the Gonzaga uh, men's um, basketball team like their strength coach was there. It was it was like holy crap! I've been to very few events. Where I was rubbing elbows with people who were actually, yeah, actually working in or had worked in like really high level positions. Usually, you go to fucking these things and you're talking to like these spandex clad twenty something year old Instagram wannabes, and it's like you ain't worked with shit. You like you don't know nothing about That's nothing. Cool. The higher level guys are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and he drew like fifty people. Kid, there were people from Denmark. People, uh, dude came from Australia, dude came from England. So, I mean, it was people coming from all over the world, literally, to come to this event. And, uh, yeah, it was How, how cool. old is Joel? <clears throat> He's our age, like he our early age? 40s, somewhere in there. Yeah. So I couldn't even, like, I'd 
you know, I've read some of his stuff and I know who he is, but like I would have no idea what he looks like. If I no. saw a picture, no, I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to look it up. But. Well, he's not a big, you know, that's the funny thing. People forget, like the people who really know what they're talking about, they don't have the time to uh, talk a lot on social media and make a big name for themselves. They don't have to prove they know what they're talking about. You know, you know right, they, yeah. they're not get out there like, well, oh, they don't, guess they don't, they don't, And it's a time thing. Time, yeah. yeah. Like, they're more focused on being in the gym, getting results with people than they are on talking about it on social media. Right. And so there's definitely people who can cross over who are good and kind of have that gift of, you know, doing that as well. But yeah, man, like, there's so many people that people have never heard of who are producing just mind-blowing results with people and they just don't, you know, they don't give a fuck about over-promoting themselves on social media. And so that's him. He's kind of a quiet dude. It's just, you know, it's really kind of like me. Like, I'm really not, I don't like promoting myself on social media. It's just not my thing. I'm kind of a private guy. And so being this whole like, oh, here's my life, you know, check it out. It's just not me. And so, um, but anyways, that's kind of more who he is, but, uh, yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a cool, cool guy, but the, it was like, he, he presented, um, there was a guy who's a sleep coach mm -hmm. I was telling you about who presented, which was really interesting. So again, there were some things that like, you don't see at your normal fitness workshops and seminars that I was like, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. And they were all like really good, um, one of the guys the that presented was the he actually owned the gym that we were staying at or like that was hosting it, and yeah I don't know if you saw the pictures <clears throat> I posted man it was it's one of these unicorn gyms right the gym that everybody wants but nobody has and it's actually like legit you're not like oh yeah we just opened this with a bunch of venture money and it's gonna be gone in six months kind of thing, um you know it's a God, I forget how many it was over ten thousand square feet. You know, like a little mini on it gym. Nice. You know, like all the all the cool shit. And uh, <clears throat> so every Saturday they have a charity workout where you come and you work out, and it's a ten dollars suggested donation. And obviously, people, I mean, a lot of people do more than that. And they benefit different charities in the area, and they've been doing it for years. And so at this point, it's a big thing. And so they'll get like a hundred, hundred and fifty people that show up to these things. And, you know, he's got it all down, like running his, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, team training is what he calls it. You know, because boot camp is not, you know, there's, it's a bad, I don't like that term, right? It's a bad. It's kind of got a stink on Yeah, it. yeah. And I don't like it anyways, because it's not supposed to be boot camp. We call it metabolic conditioning. You know, it's like you're trying, to, that, that's what it is. It's a metabolic conditioning class. Boot camp, I'm trying to kick the shit out of you. I'm trying to break you down so I can build you up, son. <laughs> right? That's what boot camp is. Come on. Like in, uh, so we end up with full metal jackets. That's right. Fucking dude in the bathroom and a fucking rifle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we don't want that. Um, the metabolic conditioning, that's what we call our classes. Uh, and then they call it team training. So, you know, words have power. And so how you describe these things are very uh, um, important. But it is basically that, where you've got these, it's a, it's a group training class. And so you're not getting a bunch of individualized training, but you're getting smart, you know, programming. There are exercises. I mean, we do it every Saturday, man. It's actually pretty fucking cool if you think about what we've done for almost the last, really almost the last two, two years. years yeah. yeah. With those grumpy guy classes, we got people come in 
it doesn't matter what your fucking background is, what your injury level is, whatever it is, you're able to do our workout and, and you get something out of it and you don't get hurt. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the most important thing. Like, what does that mean to you? Right? It's kind of like the fitness equivalent of like, I'm going to show you the perfect way to do this. And now as long as you don't do something really stupid that's going to get yourself or your partner hurt, what does that mean to you? Right? Just go for it. And then we'll go from there. And so like, that's, you know, the epitome of that in, in the fitness world. It's like, dude, if you do smart programming, people can flail a little bit. Who cares if they're not doing that fucking up, down, just perfectly that you're whatever, you know, like, you know, we had a couple, not get hurt. yeah, we had a couple ladies in the class today that was there, like one lady, she said it was like her third or fourth she's been class. There, yeah, she's been there a few times. <laughs> yeah. She comes from kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. Drops in. Yep, yep. She says she likes it. That's good. Um, she must, because like you say, this is probably a third or fourth time coming back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, another lady was her first time. But you see people doing stuff that it's not right, but they're not going to get fucking hurt, hurt, man. They're not going to get hurt, and they're moving, and this is better than what they are doing, and mm -hmm. if they keep coming, they're going to get better at it, so chill the fuck out, mm -hmm. right? And so that's how you handle 150 people in a group training class, you know? And he's got coaches and stuff. It's not just him at this point, obviously. He's fucking yeah, really successful people, yeah. with what he's doing. Um, but he raises thousands and thousands of dollars for charities every month. That's pretty cool. It is cool, man. It is. And it, it it's, uh, um, it is this whole thing is like, just how can you create, how can you, you, how can you use your position in the community to create positive change? And if you make yourself indispensable to the community, like the community will support you. And so that's, you know, there's, there is a positive thing. It is kind of that Ayn Rand selfishness thing like you know why do i make my training partners better well it makes me better like really you know i don't give a fuck about them it's selfish at some point um but you know not really like you do you do care about your training partners you do care about the community but there is like that you know that does come back to you but that's not the reason you do it and that, that's the hard thing right like that's that formula thing like we've talked about before you can point to outliers and say you know how did you get to this point and you can say, well, this plus this plus this got me to here. But it doesn't mean that just anybody can go and just kind of mathematically do this plus this plus and this. And get to the same And get result. to the same point. Yeah, there's no way. Like, if you don't have your heart in the right place and you're doing this charity stuff simply because you're thinking, like, at some point there's going to be this payoff down the road. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to pay off the same way. So... You know that that's an important thing, but that was uh, it was cool. I was I was actually inspired. I got some uh, a local charity that does um, actually Joe Funk man. He's got the partners thing. He's got a partner. Like it's like big brothers, big sisters. Kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So they got a bike club, and so I did some work with their bike club um, over the summer, and it was a lot of fun, man. But like those kids were really inspiring because they were, you know, they're riding for the love of riding. It's not because they're and like the equipment and all the, you know, trying to be cool. Or trying to, yeah. Yeah. It's like, they want to just ride bikes and, and ride bikes on the trail. So yeah, I'm going to start doing some stuff to do some fundraisers to support the bike club and just make sure they've got good bikes and, you know, donate some time. I've got some uh, mechanic experience. So, you know, make sure the bikes are running well and do some stuff with the kids, kind of show them like, here's how you can take care of, you know, your bike, give them some ownership over the bike that they're using so uh so yeah 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 man I, you know i've done some fundraising stuff in the past and you always feel good when you do it but it's just if you don't make a conscious effort to make it a habit it's like anything else like it's not just going to happen so like if you want to 
create some positive change in your community, like you have to make an effort and uh, then yeah, do it for the right reasons. But that was cool. That was a good, good inspirational one. And then uh, who Mike Robertson? Have you heard of Mike Robertson? Mm. No, dude. Here's my. I got this thing signed. I'm such a fucking geek. <laughs> Never heard of that. The magnificent mobility. That was one of those things. It looks, it looks <clears throat> kind of familiar. Eric Cressy was involved. Yep. Yep. That's that's uh, why it sounded familiar. That was one of those products that changed the direction. Like again, people take a lot of things for granted. Like we take mobility training for granted. Before. That DVD right there, before Magnificent Mobility came along, there was no mobility training. Mm-hmm. We all we, we hit the treadmill for five to ten minutes, and then you did some stretching, and then you went and worked out, and maybe you did some warm up sets. That's how you warmed up. Fucking period. Am I right? Yep. No one had ever heard of this. There's no climbing mobility. or no. mobility. No. Nothing. No one had ever heard of this shit. That DVD right there was the first product that introduced strength trainers and again it was or, you know uh, through um, T Nation which was the original Muscle Media 2000 and so you know again just uh, you know that was the the lineage that introduced like Charles Polican and Charles Staley and Ian King and like you know a bunch of things like that we take for granted again today tempo training you know giving a, a speed to each number on the rep or each part of the rep um, you know, like you said, like the whole, uh, um, yeah, there's just so much shit that we take for granted today. But that mobility, I remember just being like, what the fuck? I'm watching this fucking DVD and it's crazy how many things are on that DVD that we still use today that are just like a staple of everybody's mobility training program and they don't know where the fuck it came from. And I'm not saying they invented it and they won't say that they invented it. But what they did is they created a product that made it accessible to the masses in a way that like had never been available before. And so, dude, that was, it was groundbreaking. That was a groundbreaking product right there. And so I had it. I had the original DVD that I bought. I remember buying it off of T-Nation when it came out. <laughs> and so I took it with me and I was like, man... I, I hope you don't mind, but I was hoping you'd sign this. <laughs> he, he probably laughed, huh? No, he was pumped. Was he? he was excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that was so long ago, you know? And I think he, he, he recognizes, like, man, that was a kind of a landmark product and a landmark moment that people really don't even think about today. There's a lot of people who have never even heard of Magnificent Mobility. You'd never think of buying that product today. And, uh, and But here's what was cool. He's like, oh, this is awesome. He's like, here's how much of an OG you are. He's like, this is the original artwork for the original cover, and we lost this. He's like, we don't have it anymore. He's like, if you if you try to get Magnificent Mobility today, it's got this red cover, and it's been that way forever. He's like, this was the original run, and we lost the artwork after this. So he's like, that's how much of an OG you are. You got the first edition of this shit. That's awesome. I was like, hell yeah, buddy. And uh, But yeah, he was presenting on the big lifts from a health perspective and not a performance perspective. And again, something we've talked about um, on a bigger level, but also especially with strength training, like there's this train of thought, hey, okay, you want to get stronger. And if you want to get stronger, the basic lifts would be the squat, bench, and deadlift. Would you agree? Agree. Okay, so if you want to get stronger, it means you want to move more weight in those lifts. Would you agree? 
for yeah, the most part, for the most part, for the most guess, part yeah. right? All things being equal, yeah. you want to move more weight in the squat, bench, and deadlift. That's that means you're getting stronger, getting stronger in those lifts. That's how you're measuring. And those are the stronger. basic lifts, which means that if you're getting stronger in those lifts, then you're getting quote unquote stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the best squatters, benchers, and deadlifters in the world? Powerlifters. Powerlifters. So don't you want to mimic what they're doing? If that's your sole purpose, just to move mass amounts of weight. But isn't that your goal, though? You're, 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 someone comes to you and says, hey, as a jiu-jitsu athlete, you know, hey, you know what? We say strength doesn't matter. But, I mean, come on. It let's, matters. Well, it matters, right? All things being equal, the stronger athlete's going to win. So strength does matter, so you need to get stronger. And so, well, uh, to get stronger, you need to improve your, how much you can lift in these basic lifts. And, well, the best way to improve your weight in these basic lifts is to look at what the best in the world do and mimic what they do, right? I can see the dots being connected there. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I can see you <laughs> understanding this is the danger of this those the, dots. Yes, this is Yes, this is just like you talked about. It's just because someone did A, B, C, D, and equal E doesn't mean you can do A, B, C, right. D. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we talk what it is. A lot of times they'll test top athletes in sports and see that they have a higher squat, bench, or deadlift than others in the sport. That doesn't mean that they spend a shit ton of time like being great squatters, benchers, and deadlifters. They just happen, hey, they're freaks. That's why they're the best. Um, but I think what, again, you, you see the danger in it because we've both fallen victim to it. And so had Mike Robertson because he was a you know pretty, he lifted a bunch of weight at one time, which is that there are a lot of things that you do to lift the most weight possible, especially from a powerlifting perspective, that are not good for the body from a health perspective and even arguably from a performance perspective for how you actually want to move for your sport. Correct. Yeah. That's why I chuckle when right. I say, yes, technically you could connect yes. the dots, but right. But there's a big asterisk there. Big but. one. Yeah, and that was pretty much the whole theme of his presentation, which is that you need to... There's more to this, especially if you're not a power lifter. And there are things, you know, like arching your back, for example, on the bench is a really good example. That when you really try to close that space between your butt and your shoulders and you arch your back as much as possible, you shorten the distance between your chest and the the, the bar. Shorten the distance the bar has to travel. Yes, exactly. So very sports specific. Exactly. It's, it's not beneficial for being strong. No, no, that's not how you'd want to move from a jujitsu standpoint. That's not how you want to move from a health standpoint. But if you're trying to fucking bench a thousand pounds and be the best at a power at a powerlifting yep. event. Then you better get after that bad boy. Yeah. So and that was his like I said, that was his theme. And so a lot of the basic stuff was like pay attention to your foot pressure, which is big toe knuckle. Kind of that that uh, little toe knuckle outside edge of the foot and your heel. That there's a tripod of pressure that you need to keep into the ground. You have to feel your whole foot in order for your legs and body to function optimally. And so a lot of people will like one of the things is it may not necessarily be coming up off of your heels because a lot of people know not to do that. But a big thing that people do is let their big toe knuckle peel up off the ground. And so, like, you could come up and, like, you know, put your finger. Because they're really trying to keep the weight on their heels. Yes, they're trying to keep their weight on their heels. Mm-hmm. And so they actually unweight that that, that one part of the triangle. And so that's not good either. So letting the heel come up off the ground so you can get a finger under the heel isn't good. But overweighting the heel so you can get a finger under the big toe knuckle or even under the hole. Like, you'll see people who will literally, like, come up 
their whole ball of the foot will come will unweight a little bit as they come uh, you know down and that's not what you want you want to stay balanced on your feet as you move so whether you're squatting or you're benching or even like the deadlift he was talking about you have to have your feet in a position to where you can root yourself properly and if you can't if the bench is too high which a lot of benches are too high then either put plates under your feet to bring them up or just put your feet on the fucking bench but like having your feet in a good position is more important than um like you know whatever just like not having your feet on the floor i guess and so uh but yeah, that was kind of his theme, breathing. He's a big breathing guy. He uh, uses breathing to help reset uh, posture and help with recovery and stuff like that. So, um, And then Chris Duffin, the boomstick guy, which we've been playing around with, this fucking 20-pound metal... Torture device. ...cylinder. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a crazy fellow. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's his claim to fame is doing these ridiculous feats of strength for like days. He deadlifted like 800 pounds plus 880 pounds for like 16 days in a row. <laughs> every day for 16 days in a row. He walks in the gym, deadlifted 880 pounds, and he fucking <laughs> walked out. <laughs> That's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done the same thing with the squat. I mean, he's got some world records and some interesting lifts. And so he's really trying to test that that boundary between strength and endurance and what exactly can the human body do. And so he's rethought a lot of uh, the of pieces of exercise equipment, which is cool. But his thing with the with the mobility training is interesting, just how he approaches the soft tissue work. You know, like the Mobility ball he uses. It's not the same company, but he uses them a lot in his uh, methods for um, basically just creating pressure in a passive muscle and then having you move around that pressure. And how that just, you know, he says it's not fascia. Like, don't get fucking crazy with what claims you're making. We're just resetting the nervous system on some level. That's it. It's just the nervous system, you know, not exactly sure why. It's a black box thing. Who knows? It's kind of my words, not his. But, you know, there is a lot of black box shit going on in fitness, right? Like, I know that if I put this and this into the black box, if this comes out, I don't know exactly what's going on in the black box, right? And if I try to pretend that I do, it really means that I don't know You're what the fuck's going shit. on. Yeah. You're full of shit, man. You're using some big words at that point trying to sound smart. Exactly. Yep. So, but... Uh, Speaking of that, though, we got to remember after the podcast, you got to have you do that hamstring thing I mean, you did the other day. Yeah, no. Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, people are interested, check out kabukistrength.com. Um, it is, uh, it's a different way to work on the mobilizing soft tissue. I think, especially for jujitsu athletes, um, in the forearm, in the neck area, that there's a lot of, uh, potential for um, helping his whole thing one of their themes is earn the right to train tomorrow so they were talking about like on those days when he's going for these these record things he goes in he'll squat 800 pounds rack it and then he's on the mat and they're using these tools to start the recovery process and start like man you just created a shit ton of tension in your body we need to start leveling that shit out we need to help you recover and so before the rack the weights were even unracked he was starting that recovery process. Hmm. 
And so, but that's a big thing is like when you're done, man, like don't just be done, do something. I'd say even if you just grab a foam roller, right? Like I think what we're starting to dig into here is if you think about it, the stick mobility falls into the same thing because there's this passive aspect that you can hang into the stick and it's different than you actively trying to pull yourself into a stretch, right? So like if you're on top of a foam roller rolling around, it's different than you having your leg on the ground and having something heavy sinking into your leg. It's just the nervous system's activated on a different level. And so, um, so yeah, but even if you're just doing foam rolling after you get done training or rolling, you're gonna be doing more. And then breathing is part of that. Even if you just take like 10 deep breaths, like don't have to get super fancy. Like Wim Hof says, just breathe, motherfucker, right? Like, don't worry don't about it. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, but yeah, but, you know, that was his, uh, it was good. But going through it and seeing the power of it as I'm sitting here with my $130 metal stick, you know, you see it and you're like, $130? You even said it yourself. You're like... It was, I mean, that's everybody's reaction. That You see that and you're like, you have answers. That, you know, you could be like, dude, I could use this for that. I could use that for that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I could use my barbell. I could use my mace, my club, blah, 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 blah. You know, every person, I said it. And then I I've said it. it. But then once you use it, you're like, oh, oh I get it. I get it. I get it. And this is a better tool. This I guess is a better you tool. can use those things. But this is a better tool. But this is a better tool. This is a better tool. Yep. And it's a good investment. And it's never, you're going to have that forever. You'll, you'll pass that on to your grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going bad. It's grandpappy's mobility. This boomstick. I'm impressed. Like, I, I was skeptical. You said, like, again, you, I saw this. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of horseshit. But it is not horseshit. It's not horseshit. And, but if you got a machinist, buddy, you could definitely have him make you one. You, you buy, totally could. You buy the material yep. and have them do a run of them. You yep. know, because you, you probably buy this material and like a 10 foot or 20 foot stick is, you know, they'll sell mm-hmm. it to a machine shop and then he could just turn it down, throw the knurling on it, boom, boom, boom. Yep. Yep. I think, speaking of that, we have a machinist buddy that we're going to. We do. We yeah. Should, see we really, I'm serious. We should really have him make some for us. For sure. I'm, I'm game. I'll throw the money yeah. on it. And they'll probably even like, I know they sell the plans for their, they've got, the that's the boomstick. The next one up is the pain pill. It's forty four pounds and, and a little heavier. Um, and then they've got it's fucking hilarious. It's um, it's called the Geisha or the ex wife, <laughs> and it weighs two hundred some odd pounds. What do you what do you do with that? You fucking put it on you. Imagine that thing's nothing, right? Like like after you do it for a week, because imagine, remember foam yeah, rolling? Yeah, desensitize First yourself. time you foam roll, yeah. you, you're on like a soft white foam roller and you're dying. Dying, yeah. And then you're like, it's nothing. this is nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm on like a, that hard ram roller. Like, oh, this right. is pretty good. So eventually, you desensitize it's a going, bit. yeah, your, your nervous system is going to reset a little bit. And so you get that heavy weight, especially if you're a big Big heavy big, dude. Big, big heavy dude. Yeah, with like thick muscles, creating a lot of tension. Like I'm you pretty need sure I won't, I won't need the 200 pound. No, thing. you can basically set it as heavy as you want because it's a it's a it's an empty cylinder, empty tube, uh-huh. and then you put cement in it to uh-huh. fill it up as much as you want. And so they'll sell you just the thing empty, and then you fill it up with cement, or they'll sell you the plans for ten bucks. So you can take gotcha. it to your machinist buddy and uh, do a run of them, but. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting take on uh, on the soft tissue mobilization. I like it. Like I said, I was very. I had the uh, skeptical hippo eyes. Yep. At first, like, what are we doing here? Me too. Maybe because I was a machinist. I was a machinist for 
12 years of my life. Yeah. I did, I mean, you get the stock, dude, this is 10 minutes in a lathe. Like, this is very simple machining. Like, it is not complicated. Right. So, and yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been a machinist in 10 years, and I still have the skills on a lathe that can make that no problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not super complicated, but it is. It's a good tool, though, man. I, I'm not I'm not disparaging it. Like, he, right. came, he came up with a good idea. Like, it is valuable, too. Yeah. For sure. It's good, too. Like, it's not, even, I think, as good as it is to use on yourself, like, the real value is in if you're using it on someone or having someone use it on you because it they they talked about like they they did research and tested the different diameters on the end and so it is the same as an acumobility ball and again they said that, that they both arrived at that conclusion independently but like a thumb if you were to dig in with your thumb into a point it'd be almost too painful Right. And so if you dig if you have that pressing into you, it disperses it just enough to keep it from being as painful. Kind of like the difference in using a uh, lacrosse ball on the yeah. bottom of your foot or a golf ball. Yes. You can get pretty fucking aggressive yeah. with a golf, golf ball getting gnarly yep. quick. Yep, exactly. Yep. And so uh, and then you can have someone it's so much easier for someone to create pressure and press in with that and not fatigue than it is just their thumb or right. their elbow or something like that. So you taking that and using that to do it rather than having to do your body work rather than having to use your body, it's just not as hard um, and, and I think more effective. And so, uh, so yeah, it's definitely good for to have, I think, individually, but it's definitely, I yeah, think... Somebody- torture you a little bit yeah yeah it's helpful if you have a, a partner a little s&m <laughs> yeah I, uh one of the first guys that was teaching me olympic lifting um because my mobility like back in my mobility is better now it's still not great but it was even worse then and uh after a few sessions with him he's like all right man he's like i gotta do this to you and he had me lay down he just took a rolling pin like a baker's rolling pin yeah and just started mashing my t-band and like so, like I was sweating profusely, like I was in a sauna or just a hard wrestling round. Yeah. Like, dude, and he and he wasn't putting that much heat on it, but he's like, dude, we gotta grind this out. And dude, he was just and he did one side, and I was like tapping out. I was like, dude, I. He's like, no, motherfucker, we gotta do the other yeah, side. side. He's like, you got two sides. I'm like, dude, I can't take it. He's like, I don't care. Flip over. You either flip over, I'm gonna flip you over, and then I'm gonna do it. I'm like, Fuck, <laughs> dude, that was horrific. And it was, just, it wasn't even this. It was just a rolling pin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Before uh, life, before rolling. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, man. We're from an interesting generation in the fitness industry. Like we bridged a, a weird gap between um, just like real like it's bro science is still fucking bad today, but just truly like inner bicep, bro. Like, yo, turn your thumb this way on the curl and it'll, <laughs> you know, hit your inner pec with the cable crossover. It's like, just complete bullshit. There was so much of that. Bullshit dude. everywhere, man. Everywhere you went was nothing but bullshit. You had to work so hard to find. Good information. The, yeah, like the, the kernels of truth and all of the bullshit. And it's still really hard today, man, but it's so much easier. It's There's so, so much, much good information to... to yeah, it's accidentally come across. So, um, yeah, but, but uh, 
Oh, and then the last chick who presented was your spirit animal. The endurance runner chick. Yes, yeah, Becky. Uh, what's her name? Becky Johnson, I think. But uh, yeah, that was that was a cool one. I talked a little bit about it on the last one because I just got done with her presentation. But uh, yeah, just her. Uh, besides me continuing to think that you're a closet ultra runner, um, it just seems I jogged around the block. So the other. I, jog, I jogged around the block the other day. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just the things that she talked about as far as like the mind games that you play with yourself, both in training to get you ready for the event, and then in the event to get you through the event. I just kept thinking, I'm like, this sounds like Rob. Like he does this shit to himself all the time just for fun, and like yeah. But that's a lot of what it is. It's like sometimes your training isn't just physical. Like there is a mental side. Now you can go too far with it. And that's why she uses the Morpheus app and, and has like, uh, you know, some objective data to look at to help her keep herself from just blowing herself to bits all the time. But there are workouts that you do. There are mental toughness workouts. They are mental toughness workouts. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of those. Yep. I mean, she called them like, you know, little cookies you can put in your cookie jar. Mm-hmm. And you can pull them out, man, when you're out on there and things are tough. And you're like, shit, I'm looking at this trail. And I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to get up this fucking hill? And then you remember, like, man, at least I'm not carrying a fucking log this time. And go and do it. And uh, so, yeah, it was funny. And then... I didn't like piece it together at the time. I should have told her about our mace runs. Like, I think she really would have dug just the idea of, okay, I'm carrying this mace and only reason I'm going to put it down is because I'm going to pick something else up to or do climb something on with something. climb on something. Yeah, but I'm doing something. Other right. than that, I have this mace the whole time. I'm running with it. And if I'm not running, I'm like doing something with it. So there is like this just you know, mental, uh, it doesn't even feel like, cause it's, it's not like mental toughness in the same way, but it is a little bit like, you know, I'm doing this fucking thing. I'm not, I'm not going to quit. I got to get this mace all the way around the lake and back to the car, back to the car. There is no choice, but to carry it the whole way. And, uh, yeah, it's funny. It's, it, and you just go and you do shit along the way and there's no real reason for it. If people were to ask us like, you know, you know, what, what are you training here? What are you training here, man? You know, what movement pattern? You know, what car, what, what, what metabolic system are you working here? It's like, <laughs> I'm just doing, I'm, I'm just doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have a game. I don't I just have do a stuff. game plan here. I just do shit. Exactly. That's what we should call them is mace maulers. <laughs> mace maulers. We're just mauling the mace today. We're buddy. just mauling around the lake today, We're just buddy. Mauling the workout. <laughs> exactly. We just do shit. We don't have a plan. But, uh, uh, but anyways, yeah. So that was the that was the lineup. It was pretty cool. Like I said, the sleep coach guy. I mean, I don't know. You, you're reading the Matthew Walker book right now. I'm actually, well, I'm listening to listening it. Listening to it. Same difference, I guess. Uh, yeah. That's the sleep's important. Um, I'm not very far through the book. The one thing that sticks out in my mind that was not surprising but agitating to me is. He had this statistic in there. Because he talks about how many people uh, crash and die every year driving their cars. Yeah, yeah. Because of micro-sleeps. And because a lot of us are so sleep-deprived, we don't take it seriously. And and I think the stat was, because I'm a truck driver by trade, right? I drive drive a big fucking truck around and deliver stuff. And uh, he, he said... 
that like 80% of truck drivers are overweight, you know, and overweight, a lot of overweight people have sleep apnea, right? Right. And that, you know, causes this or that. And he said, of, of those 80% that are overweight, um, like 50% of them are in the obese category, not just overweight. And so I was like, come on, man, you motherfuckers got to step up through shit. But I see it, like, when I go to work, you know, I, I yeah. look around at all my other co-workers, and there's me and two or three other guys that are healthy, that are active, you know, that do stuff. Besides that, the rest of them are just fucking fat, slobs, lazy, and then a lot of them are in denial. They're like, oh, no, I'm healthy. I went to the doctor. All my numbers are good. You know, and shit like this. Well, they like look this. around. Yep, they seem looking, like, I'm not, the, I, you're abnormal. I'm bro. the abnormal one, yeah. Like, you need to fucking eat some more. I need to eat some more donuts when they yeah. put them on, apparently. You're the one with the problem. Yeah. They look at me weird all the time. when Because there's, there's donuts, they put donuts in the break room at least once a week, if not more. And I never have one. Mm, and they look at me just like. Donuts. They look at me like, you're so weird. <laughs> you know, like, whatever, man. Yeah. But. Anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, donuts aren't really the point of you being weird. I think that, that even if you had donuts, they'd still think you were weird. But, uh, Potentially. Yeah, 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 but maybe, I don't know. Maybe you should have a donut. Nah, sounds like some pussy bullshit. No, it's not. It is. No, 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 no. See, it's like purposefully having some poison to like make yourself stronger. I do sometimes. Okay, see? But if, if, I, if I'm going to do that, man, it's usually cookies. I like yeah, cookies. You like cookies? I like cookies better than donuts. I hate don't turn my jam. If I'm going to be fat and stupid, I'd rather do it with cookies, yeah. some ice cream or something. But yeah, but there's a you know, like I've slowly been taking my sleep more and more seriously. You know, I definitely, hey, I'm really in the habit. We've talked about it a million times on here. Like in my bedroom at night, it's just a salt, uh, salt rock lamp. That's yep. all I have. Uh, when I do turn on like the light in my kitchen, it's dimmable. You know, I, I dude, come nighttime, man, I I kick that thing on like forty percent brightness. Any lights in my house that I can dim, if those if I can dim them, I'll turn those ones on at night if I need to. But if there's a light that I can't dim, it doesn't go on at night. And dude, it makes a big difference, dude. Like if you start shocking your system, blasting those bright lights on, and then you try to go to sleep, like it affects it. And you know, I I I kind of experimented with myself a few weeks back. I, you know, I've been playing that stupid fucking Sniper Elite video game. Yeah. Dude, if I play that right before I go to bed, I sleep like shit. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't. You can't play a game You can't right play before. it. You can't, dude, because then you sleep like shit. Yeah. You know, with, I got to shut that thing off at least an hour before I go to bed, <sighs> if not more. You know, a couple. they say a couple hours you should, but... Dude, I've had times where, like, I play those games right before I go to bed, and, you know, I stay up to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so, like, I'm so fucking tired, I have to pass out, mm-hmm. but, like, all I'm doing is I'm dreaming about the game, mm-hmm. like, I'm still, like, playing the fucking game in my head. It's not good for you. It's not good for, for sure. You. It's not screen. <laughs> you know, and then I'm I'm due for like I gotta go get some uh I can go get a new pair of glasses, you know, prescription glasses. And they make you can get regular glasses like I have on now with just, you know, like clear lenses, but that are blue light blocking lenses. Oh, like you don't even have to get they're not weird tinted, you know, huh. like yellow tinted or anything. They got a new technology coating on there now. Nice. So the next pair of glasses I'm gonna get, man, are gonna be blue light blocking. Fucking A. You know, nice. You gotta take this shit seriously. You, you know? do. You do, man. You know, he had the, the guy, uh, Nick Lamb was his name. Um, he, he had a really interesting point right off the bat that got me bought in, which is that if you think about it, sleep is the one lever that you can pull that will affect everything else. Yep. Your mental health, your decision making, your 
memory, your Everything. health, your hormones, you know, uh, immune system, cancer risk, Alzheimer's risk. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Like it literally, if you think about it, anything that you can possibly think of, it will be negatively impacted if you get less sleep than you need. And it will be positively impacted if you start getting enough sleep. Yep. One thing. You know, and, you have, and you have control over it. You do. Whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to think that you do or not, you do have control over it. But it does take, and that's why this guy's a sleep coach, because I think literally we live in a society where people have forgotten how to do it. Like, they just take it for granted. You take it for granted. It's like, well, why do you need a fitness coach? Like, if you think about it, like, why do we, why do you need someone to show you how to work out? Because realistically, you shouldn't need it. It's like being, doing this stuff should come naturally to you. And, uh, but this just, our society fucks us up. So we live in a society where you can literally stay up till two o'clock in the morning with lights on and TV on and playing a game and listening to music all at the same time. And you forget like, oh, like little stuff. It's funny. You talked about like going over and sleeping in somebody else's room. Oh God. All the fucking lights on. Yeah. Right? Just little lights. Yeah. On, and switches and alarm clocks yep. and ugh, plugs. Yep. Yeah, it's no good. They call it sleep hygiene. Yeah. So I've yeah. Called that. Yeah. Yep. Dude, he even suggested not reading in your room. He said you really want to make your bedroom mm-hmm. a trigger for sleep. He's like, read, like, don't do anything in your room, especially you know, obviously like watching TV, playing video game, like checking your phone, any of those things, because your brain starts to associate your bed with those activities. And so, especially if you have any sleep problems, like that's the thing. If you're sleeping fine, like, you know, whatever. There are people who can eat Taco Bell and never work out and kick ass. I'm not, you know, that's not most of us, man. That's not most of us. Right. So if you're just doing whatever the fuck you want and you're still getting your eight hours and you're functioning fine, but you know, most people don't realize that they're not and that that's the tough thing. So that's actually why I started wearing my Fitbit again. I told you is, uh. He said that, you know, those sleep things are usually inaccurate, but they're consistently inaccurate. And so it's kind of like, you know, yeah, skin calipers may not be the most accurate way to measure your fat, but if you use them all the time, like you're going to see the changes, like mm-hmm. the change you're in. So, uh, same thing there. If you're, you're seeing changes in the numbers, even if they're 20% off, you know that something's going You're on. You're progressing or de- regressing. Right, exactly. Regress- something's going yeah. on. So having some objective way to measure your sleep without getting too worried about, you know, because all these things try to, uh, oh, you're getting this much REM sleep and this much deep, you know, light and deep and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, whoa, slow your horses there. Don't don't read too much into that. But the basic sleep stats can, can be helpful. Um with that and so i'm actually gonna uh look at getting one of those chili pads yeah i was gonna bring those up dude i want one bad but they are not cheap they are not cheap my friend but they are fun i think that would be a game changer yeah i'm gonna order one actually this weekend you you might as well fucking get the good one get the ruler have you shopped for them yet no oh i've already been down this rabbit hole okay i've come so close to pulling the trigger but my unemployed ass talked myself (laughs) out of it so I can see me doing this eventually. So they, so it's. Uh, is it the it's, same as it? Is it's it a, it's the same company. The same so it's the same yeah. company. It just they have like their base model. Yeah. And then which is called like the chili pad. Yeah. And then they get the upgraded model. Model is the Uller. It's fucking gangster, dude. So you can, 
you know, you can get just one side of your bed. You can get both sides of your bed. Yeah. Obviously, you'd get both sides. But then they have dual zones. So right. you can set, you know, Kelly can figure out what temperature she likes. She can figure out what temperature you like. Um, I forget all the different features between the basic and the Uller. This sounds like commercial form. But, dude, I've, I've looked into it. I've researched it. I want one bad. Um, with the, the higher end one. So you can set it to, first of all, you can control it with your phone. So, and then you, you can set schedules on it. So like, oh, say I usually go to bed at 10 o'clock. You can start cooling it down come eight o'clock at night. And so by the time you get to bed, it's nice and cool. Right. And then, and then, and then the machine that hooks up to it, it, it provides a nice white noise too. So you got white noise in your bedroom. Oh yeah. So, dude, it is, it, I guarantee it would be a game, game changer. You can also get this. I think this would be, I don't know if it's meant to be used like this, but this is what I was thinking. Oh man. I get excited uh, because they, they, so it goes on the same lines. Like I've told you before about that alarm clock I have. That's just a light. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, yeah, so yeah. say I set my alarm clock for 7 a.m. Well, at 645, the light on it comes on real dim. Right. And then at like every, every few minutes, it gets a little bit brighter, a little bit brighter, a little bit brighter. By the time 7, 7 a.m., my wake up time, that light's full tilt. And it just wakes you up nice and gradually, man. Yeah. They get, you know, when you set an alarm and you just get shocked into waking up yeah. with some stupid that's fucking noise. That's another thing I'm, yeah, looking into for that, sure. That's no bueno. Yep. Terrible way to wake up. Yep. Um, you could, in theory, I think, you could do the same thing with the Uller pad. Like, say you got to wake up at 7 a.m. Well, if you set it to slowly warm up, because mm. your, body, your body temperature increasing is going to wake you up. It'd be a nice, simple way to wake up instead of getting shocked into shit. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, you should get one. No, I will. Tell me about it. I will. Like all about <laughs> Tell me it. all about how I need it, and then I'll probably end up buying one. Yeah. No, that was, uh, I was, because that is a thing. Like, I, he said that um, research shows that around 65 degrees is the optimal temperature for sleeping, mm-hmm. which is uh, cold for some people. And so, uh, yeah, like Kiela is definitely not a 65 degree creature and she's got five blankets on her already. And so, uh, yeah, I was talking to him and he said, yeah, you look at that chili pad. He's like, it's a marriage saver. So, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, but that, yeah, keeping your temperature, um, you know, where you want it, uh, just basic stuff like trying to get rid of as much light as possible. Um, I think that the, the alarm, the, you know, the light alarm instead of, and you can get a cheap one. The one I have, I think is like a 30 or $40 Amazon. Yeah. They're not that expensive. You can get an expense. I don't know what's so better, much better about the expensive one. Yeah. The light kind of alarm. Yeah. But like the $30 Amazon special I got. Yeah. Works great. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, but there's basic things that you can do to help you uh, sleep better that a lot of people don't know about. And so, if you're like, fuck, I hear I need to do better at this sleep thing, what do I do with it? So, his point, one, was like kind of educate people themselves on it, but also because he's talking to a bunch of coaches was, you know, like, hey, this is something that you can and should be working with your clients with on and this goes into the whole uh, uh, recovery regeneration thing that, uh, you know, kind of Joel and the whole BioForce coaching thing pushes anyways. So I think that sleep coaching is going to be one of these things that you're going to be kind of like life coaches. 
you're going to be seeing more and more of them pop up over the next few years as sleep becomes more of a... Uh, people hit. realize they can it's a cool thing to try to manipulate try to hack your sleep hack it, that's yeah. what it's going to turn into is you're going to have these sleep, sleep coaches are going to be yeah teaching yeah. you the hacks to get like the best sleep possible and you know dude this is things i've been doing now for the quite a few years you know just different things you know and keeping yeah. my room cold and minimal light like dude my house is dark at night right my room is so fucking dark dude i can't see my hand in front of my face like, I just, I wait, even when I wake up and go to the bathroom, like, I know my house so well, dude, not a light comes on, I don't have a night light, I don't have a fucking thing, I just kind of, sometimes I bump into some walls here or there, you know, but, like, dude, lights don't come on, man, like, obviously, I even try to, you know, try to make sure I don't drink much water before bed, so I don't have to wake up and go to the bathroom, but sometimes you fuck up and that happens, you know, but, yeah, you see, you know, you do, you forget, I take these things for granted, things that I've, I've tried to optimize in my life, and then, you look around, you see people doing just obnoxious things. Like, why is your house so bright at night? Why is this that? Why is that? Like, what is going on? Dude, I had my... <laughs> the other night, I got home from work. It was kind of late. I think it was like Wednesday night. And it was a nice night, dude. It was so beautiful out. And so I just kicked my swamp cooler on vent. Just so it was pulling fresh air in from outside and pumping it through my house, dude. And it felt so nice. Well, I just left it running. I went to bed. Well, I didn't realize it was going to get down to about 45 degrees. Right, right. It's getting cold as shit at night, man. Dude, I woke up. I was sleeping like a champ, but my but. dog was not too happy about how cold it was. He, I got woke up because I let him sleep on the bed with me, but I got a little system. Like, he stays on top of the blankets. I got I call it the dog layer. Yeah. Like, I put an old sheet on top. He lays on that, and then I even got a dog blanket. So he's usually cool with that. Like, he doesn't try to get it. He doesn't fuck with me. He just kind of stays on his side, sleeps under his blankets, doesn't get my shit all dirty, right? It's a whole system. He wasn't happy. It was so fucking cold in there, dude. He was forcing his way under all the blankets, like, forcefully. There was nothing I was going to do to stop him. He was. He woke me up, ramming his head into me and fucking diving under. I was like, what is going on? Why? I didn't under because it startled me, and he he's burrowing in. And then I, when I pulled the blanket back, and I was like, Holy fuck, it's <laughs> He woke up and he's like, dude, my core temperature's plummeting. Yeah, he, he went into survival mode like, I have to get as close to my Soldom order. got a whole lot of fur and fat to keep him warm. I was like, oh no, I was like, it's fucking cold. I had to get up and go to get down the hallway, turn off my swamp cooler so it wasn't so cold. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but... I've had it happen once, just once where our AC, for whatever reason, just stayed on oh, just cranking and, yeah it didn't turn off when it got to the point or whatever and it was like I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like down to 50 something or something right. ridiculous and it was just like oh uh, yeah but uh so you don't want it too cold you don't want it too cold you don't want it too cold you, can, you don't know how too far it is until you right. get there though there's definitely a sweet spot there is for sure and uh it's usually cooler than most people think mm-hmm. but um but anyway sleep coaching and uh Dude, one of the things with Joel, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned because I thought you'd find this interesting, was he was talking about how you have a maximum number of calories that you can turn over each day. And so, uh, so whatever your basal metabolic rate is, right? Your basal metabolic rate is like if you're just completely at rest, what is how many calories does it take to just fuel yourself to sustain mm-hmm. just life uh, doing nothing? And then uh, he said that you can uh, fuel, basically, uh, you know, replenish 
two to two and a half times your basal metabolic rate each day. So if your basal metabolic rate is, you know, uh, 2000 calories, then you can turn over and replenish like 4,000 to 5,000 calories. And so if you're burning more than that, you're actually creating a deficit that your body can't replenish within a, a 24 hour period. And so the idea is not to like burn as many calories as you can, you know, especially if you're trying to lose facts. That's one of these, you know, things with a lot of these boot camps. We were talking about it earlier. He was talking about, uh, you know, like Orange Theory and some of these other ones where you have heart rate training, but they're like, the whole idea is to get into this certain heart rate and then burn as many calories as you can in this heart rate. And that's the whole, that's your goal. And, and the more calories that you can burn, whether it's here, whether it's, you know, doing this exercise or doing this or whatever, and you end up with people who compulsively exercise. Chasing that number. Well, yeah, well, it's just the more calories I burn, the better, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, your body can actually only recover and replenish so many calories a day. And so that's one of the things like people, Michael Phelps and his famous like 10,000 calories a day. Like I'll, I'll bet that he's a genetic freak and can turn over more calories than the normal person. He's also a giant dude and his basal metabolic rate is much higher Way than a normal than person. People, yeah. You know, and so that's what you don't take into account. Like you can eat 10,000 calories a day and train like Michael Phelps and you're still going to fall apart mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, the your, your body's just not able to actually recover handle, handle all yeah. of that and so he was just saying that the idea is more to understand what that maximum number is keep an eye on how many calories you're burning each day through training and other things you know if you're going over that number that's fine but just understand you're gonna have to replenish that so you know yeah if you're in a you know a hard phase of training because you got a competition coming up then yeah you're probably going to be doing that but you have to take time off after the competition to allow your body to recover and replenish so it's just another way of looking at kind of reinforcing a lot of the shit that we recommend anyways you know but it's just oh that's, another, that's a different way to yeah basically measure it it's just another piece of the puzzle yeah, yeah. to explain like why that's a good idea mm -hmm. and so and then he was talking about like setting workouts based on um calorie goals so that you are trying to, you know, work towards the top number of that ceiling without going over it, especially if you're trying to lose weight, that that's the smart way to do it without, um, that's, that's the sustainable way to do it. Because if you're going way over your, your number every day, that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. I never really thought about it, but when he said it, it's one of those things you're like, well, fuck yeah, that makes sense. Like, of course, you can only replenish so many calories per day. So, you got to. When you that say line. you can only replenish so many calories per day, what exactly do you mean by that? Like, your body is only able to replenish calories. You, you, you mean by the amount of calories you can eat? Or no, what, that it can it can turn over. Whoa, so, what do you mean by that? By turn over? Like, if you take in ten thousand calories, but your body can only turn over six thousand calories, like you're only going to replenish six thousand calories. Within You're a 24 hour period. Okay. It's not how many calories you eat, it's how many calories your body you can, can actually effectively use. Effectively use yes, right. Will. And there is a ceiling on that. Again, like, you know, it makes logical sense. Like, it's, you know, you can't just eat an unlimited number of calories right. and, and burn it. That's just not how it works. You know that instinctively. So the, there is a ceiling on 
how many calories your body can turn over and that number can go up you know with training and things like that but but there, there is, is a ceiling. ceiling there is a ceiling that's yeah the that's the important message right and there is a ceiling somewhere between two to two and a half times your basal metabolic rate is the the thing and you know athletes have higher basal metabolic rates than non-athletes yeah, if the more muscle you have you're gonna have a yep. higher bmr yeah yeah so but uh so yeah, yeah, just kind of keeping. That's an interesting way to think about it and look at it. How do you figure out your BMR? There's a man. I have it in my notes. Some fucking weird. I know um, there's a calc- there's calculators, calculators that can do it. There's uh, you know, machines or whatever. Like you can go to a lab. Like I'm sure, like at the uh, the human performance lab that they have at CMU here, they have something that can calculate your basal metabolic rate. Um, so yeah, there's several, you know, a couple different ways to do it. I know there's little cheapo online calculators that yep. get you somewhat close, get you in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And that way if you have no idea. Right. You know, and that goes back to what I talk about all the time. Like, every once in a while, man, you should track what you're eating. It's that way you have an idea. You yeah. Know, because that way, if you want to start making some changes, you know, whether it's just aesthetically or performance-wise, you can't change If you don't know what you're doing to begin with, you can't fucking make changes. You know right. what I mean? It's so, so much harder. You can. Let me back up. You can make changes, but it's going to be so much less effective. Yeah. That's what I say. I mean, you don't have to be a Nazi about it and track all the time. Weigh, measure, track. But every once in a while, you should. How? Okay, let's just... Don't change your diet, but let's just track for a week. Just do it one week. Just track everything you eat. Just use like my fitness pal and see, on average, how many calories you're eating every day. Then don't try to be do anything special. Anything you fucking consume that day, just put it in there, and, see, and you'll get a pretty decent average. Like, oh, yeah. okay, like I'm eating eighteen hundred calories a day, or, or I'm eating three thousand calories. Even a day, if whatever. it's off, it'll be Even consistently it's off because cons- you're using the same fucking the same thing. thing. Right, right, and that's I think a lot of people miss that. Like cause they get uh, overwhelmed by trying to do that. It seems too much, but nah, dude. I think if you're uh, athlete, weekend warrior, or competitive athlete, whatever. Like every once in a while, you should do that, man. Just to kind of it kind of keeps you in line. Like, oh, okay, I'm not getting too far off yeah. know, base here and stuff. So. Yeah, no, everyone should do that. I just don't do it. So you've done it before. It's no. probably, probably been years since you've done it, dude. It's been so long. I think the last time I tried to write down everything that I ate, I was following the A B C D method from muscle media 2000 the anabolic burst cycling diet you remember that i do and it was two, it was two weeks of overfeeding yep. and two weeks of underfeeding, underfeeding yep. and you would change your workout based on what you were doing yep. and it was just a basic calorie you know cycling thing but it was uh that was such an old bodybuilder meathead thing. Like I'll go in underfeeding phase and then bulk up in the overfeeding phase and you just feel all pumped. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I tried to write down all the shit that I ate. Well, it's so much easier nowadays with the phone you always have with you yeah. and apps like MyFitnessPal is the one. It's free. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah, Dude, I'm telling you, like it, it is it is ridiculously easy as opposed to like writing it down hmm. or like carrying a fucking journal with you and writing it down. Like my fitness pals is there's other ones there's like there's one called like my fat secret I think lose it app that was the one he uh, lose it lose I, it haven't used that one the other yeah. ones I'm familiar with are uh, fat secret I believe and then uh, my fitness pal yeah and super they make it super simple dude and the and like uh, my fitness pal 
they have such an expansive library of all the foods possible. So do most of the time, dude, you can just grab your phone, you scan it, and it, it finds it. And it's got all the info in there, so you're not even adding things. All you do is find the food. Like, it is... I don't want to count how many chips I'm eating. It couldn't be any easier. Yeah, see, you, you start having to do that. Like, the, if you want to be accurate, you, you will start measuring things and counting your chips or cookies. Fuck. See, I, I just don't want to know. You, think, don't, you don't really need to. I mean, you're pretty fit and healthy and active anyways. I mean, most of the time you got to tell yourself to take a day off. You yeah, because yeah, you got yeah. you got a bunch of you know healthy hobbies and active hobbies. So, yeah, no, I know that's that is one thing I will never know. I'm knock on wood, whatever. But uh, struggling with my weight, like losing weight and putting on fat, is just something I've never. I don't know what the fattest I've ever gotten, man. Like I don't know if I've ever gotten a twenty percent body fat. Oh, I'm sure I haven't. Yeah. I, I know I've never done Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fat. just, I don't know what the highest I've been, but it has probably never been, like, higher than, like, you know, high, like, mid-teens. Yeah, I, I would, yeah, for myself, I, I've probably never been much over 15% body fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, like... Maybe when I was a pudgy-ass little kid or something. Right, yeah, yeah right. But, but no, it's... Once uh, teenage years hit and all right, that, like... I've just always been scrawny and just trying to pack on weights but my problem I just ate like fucking 10 sugar cookies on the way home because <laughs> I was starving it's like I need some calories don't you get headaches when you do that like pound too many cookies like that mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel rough when I do that yeah I mean I'm sure it's not the best thing I don't do it all the time but uh no my body's pretty fucking well adapted to pretty battering <laughs> I've given it yeah that's the thing I'll adapt to anything unfortunately it will it will so but uh anyways so i got a fucking story for you sweet so z oh no yes whenever this starts it's gotta be good (laughs) we get a call and by we i mean kiele gets a call from the school district yes i knew these stories were coming saying no no this is crazy this isn't what you think this is uh oh did, I think did Kelly might have told us oh, last week. Oh, okay. About Owen Money. Lunches? Yep. Yes. She, okay. she our, our phenomenal host last week, Yes. told so, us the story. Okay. Well, then there you go. But I can't believe that my kid has authorization <laughs> Just to ring up a bill for me. $15 bill. What the fuck is going bill. on there? You know? Like, that's crazy talk. Crazy but like, what are you gonna do? Well, see, and I had, and I kind of explained it from my rudimentary understanding. Um, see, I said this on last week's podcast to Kelly because she had the same thing. Like, how is this even possible? Why do they let a goddamn six-year-old just rack up a bill for his parents? Yeah, like, this is what I think. Because uh, you, the reason the where I'm coming from is my mom has ran school lunch programs for the past 25 years of her life. Right. So I've heard lots of stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's where I think that system. Why we see it as a failure or a hole in the system, it's in place because there's a lot of really terrible parents out there. And there's kids that come come to school, especially like when my mom's running the program at, maybe not the best part of Michigan, that these kids come to school, no food, parents don't show up to set up a fucking lunch program for them, don't give them money, they just expect the school to take care of all of it. And there's more parents out there than like that than you think. Yeah. That just they'll send a five year old, a six year old to school with no money for food, no food, no nothing, 
And it's just, oh, the school will feed them. I'm not going to worry about it. And, and there's a lot of, it's, yeah. un- it's unfortunate, man. No, 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 I totally the, understand. The stories my mom tells me. Of these I just don't understand kids. how you could get to that point. You know what I mean? After a week of it, we should get a call. But like, we're three weeks in. Which is why it's fifteen bucks. Again, they, my argument holds for that too, or not my argument, but my explanation is because those same parents, it doesn't matter if you call them, they're not sending in any money. So then why does, call? Like why? You that's know, why like, what's they the just point? have to go through the hoops and say they did because they know there's going to be responsible parents out there like you guys that will pay it and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> but then, and so it's a it's a gamble for them. You know, like okay, fifty yeah. percent of the calls we make, Listen, we're gonna we're gonna get some money, but the other fifty percent. You're not wrong. You're just you're just reinforcing why the fucking school system's a joke. Exactly. I'm, I'm not saying it's right there. or wrong. It just you know, like my kids caught up in a bunch of crazy nonsense, yep. which is basically a lot of people out there. Like I man, you know, it's funny. Somebody I was uh, riding with my buddy the other day, and he was talking to me, and we were. Uh, he's got a couple kids, and. He was just saying, you know, it's hard raising kids, you know, and, and uh, I can't imagine. He was, uh, you know, just saying, like, man, your kids seem pretty well behaved, which always makes me chuckle. <laughs> they are, they're, they're good they kids. are good kids, you know. The thing is, is, like, I, one, I see them all the time, so I see them at their lowest moments for sure, and we all have super low moments, mm-hmm. and I also know what they're capable of, and so like I'm always looking at them through this lens of like. You know, I know what you can really do and how much of this is just you dazzling everyone around you because they don't really fucking know what you're capable of. Um, but he was, you know, saying, like, yeah, your kids are pretty well behaved. And I was like, I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's a full time job. Like it has to be your priority. Like if you're going to raise good kids, it has to be your priority. There's, there's no off days. There aren't. And it's like your priority can't be my career. It just can't. Your priority can't be the fucking corner office or the, the you know, like the, it, there can be no other priority. Like those things are important, like, but there's always something that's most important. And uh, yeah, like your kids have to be like that number one thing. And there may be times when like you have to shift that focus because yeah, you gotta keep. There, there's well, big, yeah, picture. Big, picture, big picture. Big picture, man. It's always a yeah, the big picture, man. The trend has to be towards it. It doesn't happen by accident. And I can say too, man. Like I just, I mean, we both know on some level too. You just you have to rely on a little luck because you can't control the other humans. Mm-hmm. And if the other humans decide to go crazy, what are you gonna do? There's nothing you can do. So hopefully, you know, everybody just keeps a basic level of sanity, and we're all trying our hardest and working towards a common goal which is uh not getting pregnant before you graduate high school that's a good goal <laughs> right that's a basic goal that's a pretty good I, basic goal i explained that one to shiloh early on like that is your number one goal like you got to get out of high school without a kid and if you can do that you're going to be so far ahead of the curve because if you don't do that you're going to be so behind the yes curve. it's just, you're just you know hey man there's probably beauty in that struggle and things that will shape you in ways that right. will make you who you will be in 30 years that are great, right? That's but, a tough fucking struggle, Yes, man. yes. The struggle may uh, buckle you as well because yep. there is no guarantee. So you're trying to always just get the right amount of struggle. And I, so, yeah, trying that, to that's avoid that. That's too much that. struggle. That's a little too much struggle. That's too much struggle. So it's, uh, 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's the, um, for me, the basic goal there. But <laughs> yeah, I digress. Yeah, I digress. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta, it, it, it is, man. It's a, it's a tough, it's not easy, but it's gotta be the most important thing if you're gonna do it right. And to me, it's like, fuck, if you're gonna have kids, it's like people that have dogs and then just stick them in their backyard and do nothing with them. Don't. It's like, what the fuck? What do Why you do? You do? Have, Why do you have, have a dog? dog? What did you do that for? Like, why, why do you have kids? Like, you don't... They're like... Hey, I, that's what... Dude, that is one of the main reasons I don't have kids, dude. Because the, the responsibility and the, the monumental task of developing a good human being, like, dude, that scares the fuck out of me. And I don't think I could do it, man. I really... That's why... Dude, I, I got sniffed, man. I got a vasectomy back. How old am I now? I'm 40. Like, 10 fucking years ago. Yeah. Somewhere in there, dude. Because I... I thought long and hard about it, man, and I was just like, it was too overwhelming for me. I couldn't wrap my mind. I could not see myself doing it <laughs> proficiently. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. And, yeah. And, and I don't take that for granted at all, man. That's right. I know that I'll be pretty vocal and get pissed off when I see shitty parenting, and I know I don't have any right to just do it or say it because I'm not a parent, but, dude, I respect it, man. That is not an easy goddamn thing to do, to raise good little humans. No, no, but Not at all. you got to fucking make Because you only effort. have so much control, too, just yeah. like you said. You're, you're, you are relying on a little bit of luck because you are not the only humans that your kids are going to interact with, adult humans. Yeah. And there's going to be other adult humans that are going to influence them. Fucking other small humans. Other small that. Humans, yeah, that are doing horrible shit. And so you just got to, you're constantly trying to teach proper lessons and undo damage these other stupid humans are doing. Like it's, you got to be diligent. Yeah. Like you say, there's never an off day. There's never an off minute. No, no. But anyways. Anyways, I didn't mean to steal your story there. No, no. That was, I don't, that was my story, which is that it's not easy, but if you're going to do it, fucking do it, man. Do it, man. Yeah. Do it right. Yeah. Don't just get them as an accessory because it fills some like story you have in your head. You know, you see yourself as like someone who has kids. So you have a kid and it's like, you don't really want kids. You're just fulfilling some like weird narrative that you, think you have this is in your path. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to do. It's like the fucking dickhead with his dogs at the lake. He fucking leaves them there while he's swimming and they bark. And it's like in his head, it's like, oh, I go swimming with my dogs. That's his narrative. And it's like, no, that's not the reality. The reality is you're being an asshole. <laughs> so, dude, you. So you didn't. That's right. So I told a story on last week's podcast about the guy in my neighborhood and his dog coming after my dog. You didn't live, the did little, you listen, the Chihuahua one? The Chihuahua? Yeah, you told me about that before. Oh, were you on the phone? No, 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 no. no. This is oh, a different one. Oh, new. And, and this is a different one. So I won't repeat all of it. I, I'll tell you after the podcast. But the long, the short version of it was this guy's dog attacked mine. <laughs> we, we, we sorted it out. Nothing major happened. The guy came and scooped up. Again, it was a little Chihuahua, but on the other side of my neighborhood. Guy came and scooped up his dog. His first thing was, why are you walking down this street? Because I kind of walk the same path a lot of times. I have a route through my neighborhood. I do. Yeah, yeah. And I walk my dog like twice a day, almost every day. And I was, he's like, why do you walk down here all the time? I was like, I live right there, man. And like, you can, you can almost see my house like through this guy's yard. Yeah. I was like, my house is like that one right there. And I see him look at me. He's like, well, why do you got to walk down here all the time? And I, I was like, what? Your dog attacked mine and this is my fault. How? I was even across the street from this guy's house, like not even on the same side of the street. Yeah. 
And I could see, like, he, he had to, like, change tactics. She's like, okay, this isn't a good thing. Like, I'm wrong here. So he's like, you're just coming down here, cases and houses, looking for places to break into. I was dumbfounded. I was like, what? I laughed. I, I was like, what did you just say? He's like, I know what you're doing walking down here all the time, always looking around. You're looking for houses to break into. I was like, dude, you are being fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, your dog attacked mine, and all of a sudden I'm a burglar? <laughs> like, dude, we made some big leaps here. Like, and I'm not sure how we got from here to here, but we're here, and all of a sudden I'm a burglar. I was like, all right, dude, you're right. I'm looking for houses to break into. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot I didn't tell. I told oh, that last funny, week. that's funny, man. I told the girls last week I didn't tell you. Dude, casing yeah. houses. I'm down there casing houses, just because his chihuahua attacked my dog. That's... That's interesting. Yeah, I'll explain more of the story to you. Dude, that's but. funny, man. I mean, that is, uh, you know. It's insane. Insane. Is, it is insane. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems to be par for the course. It is. People are fucking dumb. Just get aggressive. Yeah. He was completely at fault, but he had to find a good reason why he wasn't in the wrong and then I was. Yeah. That I walk, my dog was on a leash, controlled on the other side of the street, but nope, I was wrong. Somehow, yeah. somehow he was going to find fault with something I was doing. That's funny, man. <laughs> that's funny. I man. forgot I hadn't told you that. No, that's funny. Yeah, we got one of those little dogs, man. I keep waiting for that thing to come running up on the wrong dog. But yeah, like people to just let their little fucking yappy dogs yep. run around loose because they think like, they're like, they're not going to attack a person. Right. Right. So they, they'll run up and bark at them and be annoying as Fuck. But they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to attack you and hurt you. And so they think that it's just, oh, it's fine. You, you just need to deal with it. It's fine. And then, yeah, but like, you know, there are dogs. My dog, dude, like if I didn't have good control of my dog, my dog would kill it. Like if my dog got a hold of that thing and he was trying, because that dog straight up tried to bite him and like, like jumped up, and like didn't get a hold of him. And my dog was like, oh, we're playing this game. And he would do it. And like, dude, if I would, like, I yanked my dog back and I kicked his dog away. Like, I didn't sock right. or kick it. Basically just trying to create space. I just kind of flicked it. Yeah. And then he got mad. Like, don't kick at him. I was like, I, I was like, dude, it's either I kick at him or if my dog gets him, like, your dog is dead. Like, I'm not going to be able to get it out of my dog's mouth before it is dead. Like, just a matter of fact, man. Yeah. So it's either I kick it a little bit. Or my, if my dog sinks his teeth into it, it's a wrap. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's going to be a fucking wrap. Yeah. And that's what people don't get. Like, they get those with those little shit dogs. And I'm yeah. Just, mm. I know, dude. And it was just, like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe I didn't tell you that story because that was similar, the stupid fucking story you had about that shit dog coming after Akka and that lady getting pissed off at you. Yeah. Out on the mountain bike trail. Yep. And it, it all got instigated from her fucking little ass dog. Yep. Just yeah. causing shit, Causing man. fucking problems, man. Dude, had a buddy. It's just weird. People that don't... Like, their dog acts really badly, and then they get pissed off at people for reacting to their dog behaving badly because they don't know that their dog's not actually going to follow through and do something. So, like, you know, that dog's... He's like, oh, he wouldn't hurt him. And it's like, okay, well, look, man. Like, you know, I don't know that your dog's not going to continue to try to hurt my dog. And my dog's going to fucking kill your dog. I don't want my dog to kill your dog. Right, exactly. And uh, I had a buddy that had something. He was uh, maybe he was, like doing some river rafting or whatever. And he uh, pulled up on the shore and it was by a bike path. 
and he said um, some big fucking dog comes like charging down the path like barking at him and he squares up like mm-hmm. ready to fucking you know hey man if this Defend dog keeps yourself. coming like, I'm yeah. gonna kick the shit out of it defend it and he said this girl is running behind the dog not yelling at the dog yelling at him that like if you touch my dog I'm gonna kick your ass or, I, I, yeah, it's like, you know, again, I'm, yeah, it's, he's telling me the story, right. so maybe, but it's still, I think the basic thing of, like, this chick, like, being more mad at him because he looked like he was going to kick her dog because her dog's running up on him looking like he's going to attack than she is at the dog for acting like that, and then, yeah, and then, you know, he freaks out on her, and then all of a sudden, he's the bad guy, and people oh, are yeah. telling him to chill out, and it's like, man, what the fuck, this chick's dog attacks me, she yells at me over it. And then now I'm the bad guy here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a very similar story. Like, this guy's dog attacked mine. I was... Dude, I was making all the attempts for my dog not to kill his dog. I don't want to hurt his dog, man. I'm not trying to stomp this dog. I'm not... You know, like, I'm not... I know that my dog's not in danger. Yeah. I'm not in danger. My dog's not in danger. His dog was... His dog's shitty behavior put that dog in great danger. Like, if, I, if my leash would have slipped out of my hand or something... Yeah. Dude, his dog's dead right there. Yep. One poor decision on his part, and his dog is dead. And then I really look like the asshole because my dog killed another dog. You know, I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. And then I'm a burglar. Yeah. You're a burglar. <laughs> You're casing houses. I'm casing houses. You're over here all the time. That's what burglars do. They walk around so much so that they're much. recognizable. With no disguise. Right. I see you around here all the all time. The time. You, you must be casing houses. <laughs> what the fuck? I couldn't believe it, dude. Like, if you would have gave me a multiple choice list. Dude, like, just pause at that moment. Pause right like, there. Like, because the second time I said, when I said to him, your dog attacked mine and this is my fault, how? I could see the, the gears turning because it took him a second to respond. Because then he started walking away. If you would have paused time right there and you would have been, Rob, what do you think this man is going to say to you? You have 10 guesses. None of them would have been me being a burglar. He thinks I'm the hamburglar. Yeah, <laughs> I never would have went that way. You know, I asked Kelly that. I, I was like, I was like, so what? If I give you the choice, I pause the story right here. What do you think this man's response would be? It's going to be really ridiculous. I'll give you that. And she's like, Why don't you own a cat? <laughs> I was like, That would have been better. <laughs> but no, it You're was a burglar. I'm a burglar. Okay, well, all right. That's a pretty ridiculous note. It is. But that's funny, man. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I thought you'd enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Fucking good. people, man. People are... It's hard being a people. It is hard being around people. Yeah. <laughs> it's because there's so many insane people out there. And they don't... They're not insane in their world and the way they perceive things. Right. They're so irrational. And that's just the way they operate. Yeah. Yeah. And, but... Okay, let me back up. Maybe they don't operate irrationally all the time. They're right on the edge of it, right on the cusp. And one little slightly stressful moment pushes them off into this fucking irrational irrational zone. And they're they're just there. And that seems normal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Dude, I think people are, uh, yeah. I mean, they just, they're, they're unaware of how their actions affect the other humans. And they just do their thing. They just do their thing. They're standing there in the way of everybody, not realizing they're in the way of everybody, or just 
me walking so thoughtlessly walking my dog through my neighborhood on a leash. Yeah. Under control, giving him treats. Yeah. Is very I thoughtless. Mean, yeah, just letting him <laughs> dog. It's very thoughtless and how this guy's dog could possibly attack us. Yeah. See? But Yeah, anyways, that's why jujitsu is good. Because it makes people aware of Your things. bullshit. Their bullshit. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. There were a few jujitsu people there. Was it? Yeah. Uh it was like two or three. Like Talked when you say jujitsu people, like high level jujitsu people, like oh, that was not I mean, nobody that you would know. I mean that right, but I mean like oh, nobody I know, but people that have been training for a long time, like yeah, high, yeah. higher rank belts. Yeah, and one stuff. girl was a black belt. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, the guy Nick, God, what was his name? Um, what was that was even his fucking name? <laughs> Anyways, the guy that came with Chris, the other uh, Kabuki strength guy that came and presented, he mentioned a couple times using these training methods after he had, was done training he does uh um like jujitsu and some striking stuff and uh but yeah there's a couple other people but i mean and then joel i mean his whole thing is mma mm-hmm. i mean he trains uh, i think he's still i mean he works with um yeah i'm pretty sure he currently still does it like matt hume's team because matt hume's out of seattle oh that's right i forgot he was up there yeah, so yeah, like he worked with Rich Franklin back in the day, Mighty Mouse Johnson. He's still his uh, strength and conditioning coach, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got, I mean, he's deep into that uh, game. So a lot of his, that's why I like him, because his stuff comes from a practical side. Like he's not, he doesn't just train people for fitness. Like, he actually he trains good combat fitness, athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about it before, man. Like, you know, like with Steve Maxwell and his shit. Like, if you tell me something works on a combat athlete, like, I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. Like, that probably has a lot of application to different sports and things like that. You know, you can't, can't say that about a lot of other sports. There's, you know, things that work on a sprinter. Okay, what's the application for a jiu-jitsu guy? Right? Like, mm, there's some stuff there, but... Um, but I guarantee you there's things that work for a jiu-jitsu guy like isometrics that would definitely help a sprinter. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, his, just the fact that he's got so much, um, you know, research. That's why his HRV shit is so legit because he's one of the few people in the world. I mean, he's got literally thousands and thousands and thousands of readings of HRV readings over the years and training high level athletes and training combat athletes, training people in the, you know, NFL and major league baseball. And, and so, uh, you know, when you're looking at like, you know, what HRV system am I going to use to help me direct my training? And it's like, well, you got this dude over here. who has been in the trenches and is like been getting his hands dirty doing this shit forever. And then you got polar like, or, you know, Garmin. It's like, who the fuck are these people that are behind the actual like formulas and the shit that you're doing? So, um, yeah, I think that's why his shit's better. But, uh, was there anybody there talking about stick mobility? There was no stick mobility. Um, but like I said, I think that the stick mobility kind of falls into letting the nervous system relax a little bit. So the, the stick creating hangs, I think like that's really what it's doing. Even like, you know, the fact that it's bending and all this stuff is great, but really you're just, you're enhancing your hang and your ability to kind of relax and hang into these positions that, uh, um, I think is where the value is coming from. 
So it's just, it's a different way to take advantage of the same um, phenomenon, uh, you know, or, you know, kind of a, a less like dynamic mobility and, this, you know, foam rolling. And these things are a little bit more, uh, you know, dynamic, I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and then, yeah, like stick mobility and the, the heavy, I don't even know what you would call like using a heavy, the anti-rolling. Okay. The fucking reverse rolling, the Reverse whatever. rolling? Yeah. Or you've got something heavy rolling on I top knew. of your leg or Instead of whatever. you being heavy rolling on top of it. Yeah. Um, you know, those things are more passive. And uh, just, you know, being able to use both um, more effectively. But, uh, yeah, no, there wasn't any Yeah, I like, I like this thing. Man. This is... So did he bring these, a bunch of these for you guys to buy? He did. I was able to have them ship one to me. They were doing a deal where they were doing free shipping. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, because I was like, this is 22 pounds. Or yeah. 20 pounds. And I, you probably just took a backpack. It's not, you probably didn't even... I had a, I had a suitcase, suitcase oh, but still, man, case? I don't want to haul that <laughs> fucking suitcase. Oh, my God. <laughs> Clanking around. Clanking around. Trying to get that thing through SeaTac. Oh, God. Yeah. But uh, wrapping all your T-shirts around it to protect it. Yeah. Then they then it looks like a weapon. Like, what do you got in there, sir? What do you got in there. Yeah. See, I know enough when I go when I travel and I have pedals to put pull the pedals out and put them in a separate bin because the steel just, axle show up as a metal rod. Right. And always confuses them, and so I just tell them ahead of time. And uh, dude, it's funny. This last time I was going through, I, dude, I'm an idiot. I don't travel <laughs> enough to know all this shit. So I pulled my computer out and I put it in a bin. And then, like an idiot, I put my backpack on top of it. Oh yeah, you fucked up. And it's so, gotta be in its own separate bin. Own geez. separate bin. I know. I know. <laughs> and the fucking security guard is like treating me like I'm a huckleberry. Over. He's like, oh, look at this. You didn't take your back. First, he he was like, oh, you didn't take your computer out of your backpack. And I was like. What do you mean? And then he picks it up. He's like, oh, oh, I see what you did. Oh, no, it can't be like this. Come on. You need you need a separate bin for this, man. Come on. I'm like, Jesus Christ, brother. Well, i to make a production, man. I know. I'm sorry, brother. I mean, there are like 50,000 people trying to get through the line behind me. But I wasn't the only one. They were fucking scanning some poor Korean kid shit. He was like five years old. I was pretty sure they were just doing it because he was Korean. They thought he might be from North Korea or trying to smuggle some shit out of the country. It's like, look at these fascist assholes. So, no. But, uh, yeah, no, he, had, he did bring some, though, for people to, uh, to buy if they were from the area. There were a few people from the Seattle area who came. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't. I talked a little jujitsu the first night, but man, the one thing was uh, like with the sleep guy. He said like you really want to try to avoid eating and sleeping like two to three hours before bed. And I just chuckled to myself. And that was like one thing I talked to one of the other people about. I'm like, dude, what do you do when jujitsu class gets over at like eight thirty? Like you know, I'm not, I don't want to stay up till midnight. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, that's just one of those realities. You just have to, you know, minimize it uh, as best you can. But that is that's a tough one for me too with my work schedule. And you know, on jujitsu nights, a lot of times, man, if it's gonna be a late jujitsu night, I'll try to eat before if I can, and then like maybe just eat real light afterwards. Yeah. But like on work nights, dude, like that's tough, dude. Like I, but I've learned that. There's certain things I can eat before I go to bed that don't seem to affect... Like, I don't think they really affect my sleep. 
But if I eat something suspect that can that I definitely know. Yeah. So yeah, but it, that's tough. That's kind of a tough one, you know. If you got a normal job and maybe a hobby that doesn't take you late into the night, yeah, it's you can do it. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times there, you know, was kind of talking about like your optimum time to work out is about like five o'clock for most people. That was the other thing. Have you heard of chronotypes? I think I have. A little bit. Pe- like, people that can perform uh, better certain times of the day. Yeah, you know I mean? it's, it's basically kind of like your, uh, like, you know, like mesomorph, endomorph, ectomorph, like mm-hmm. your, your Samo type of body. Like everybody's, you know, every human being's pretty much the same, but there are like subtle differences mm-hmm. between the types. And so, uh, same thing with the sleep type. And so the chronotypes, I think it was like, Wolf and lion and bear and dolphin. <laughs> Hope we're not a dolphin. We're the dolphins are pretty smart though, I guess. They're pretty smart, but they were the, actually the weird ones. So they had like it's basically like wolves are your night owls. They like to stay up a little bit later. Your lions are your uh, you know early risers, the people who love to get up early. Your bears are the just middle of the road, just kind of normal. And it's just kind of your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Like just getting tired when you want to get up. And then you had your dolphins, which were the weirdos who are just really kind of, uh, I forget exactly what their deal was, <laughs> but it wasn't normal. So most people are, are going to fall. I remember it was like 10% of people or something like that as a dolphin. And it's not necessarily the healthiest one to be. So you don't want to be a dolphin. That's, um, that's what, Well, that's probably like the same, the people that say, oh, I get six hours of sleep and I'm fine. Five, six hours. Right. There, no. there is people out there. That are wired that way. That right. have the genetic makeup. But those people... It's are not you. Fifth, probably not you. Those people <laughs> right. are very few and far between. Yeah. 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 So that was... Uh, and that, that, is, that wasn't even the dolphins. That wasn't even like... Well, ne- no, like they, oh, they only need six hours sleep. It was like their their sleep schedule is really fucked up. Like they don't... Uh, yeah, but it's... Uh, usually it's people with like sleep disorders kind of fall within that that category so you you want to be like a a wolf a lion or a bear for the most part and then uh but even then it's not like wolves want to stay up till two o'clock in the morning and sleep in till noon like it's you're talking about like maybe an hour Mm -hmm. like if everybody on average wants to go to bed at 10 you know maybe the lions want to go to bed at nine and get up at you know five or six or whatever and you know the wolves want to go to bed at 11 and get up more at like seven or eight and the bears are in between Mm -hmm. but it's not a massive difference so the chronotype thing is not an excuse for just staying up late and and you know playing on your fucking phone and saying like oh i'm a wolf so i just stay up late i'm a night owl but there is something to it there is there are not everybody's circadian rhythm is exactly the same, which was kind of the takeaway. Yeah, you know, with uh, Matthew Walker, that's his name, right? Yeah, he wrote the sleep book. He talked about every you know, you know variances in people's circadian rhythms, and basically the same thing you just said. He's like, yeah, everybody's different, but they're not that that different. different. Yeah, they're they're really pretty close, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it usually just ends up being more your lifestyle that affects it. Right, you know what you get adapted to your your work schedule, your hobbies, you know your family life, whatever it is. Yep. Yeah, no, that's it. It's like most things, man. Ninety percent of stuff is going to be the same from one person to the next mm-hmm. for the most part. It's that ten percent where the individualization comes in. But the problem is, is people like with nutrition, right? It's people focus so much on that little individualization stuff that they lose sight of the big picture. And it's like, yeah, okay, look, 
if you don't know your chronotype, but you are, you know, doing these basic things to sleep well, then you're better off than knowing your chronotype and doing none of this shit. So, like, yeah, the basic stuff is still the basics. Mm -hmm. So, whether it's jujitsu or sleep. That's right. Or whatever, man. So Speaking of jujitsu, man, ADCC is coming up a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm pumped for that. I don't watch a ton of jujitsu because we, you know, we've talked about it before. It's kind of boring, you know, to watch a lot of jujitsu, you know, as much as we love it. But I'm pumped for that. Yeah, they got some, I like the rule set. I mean, it definitely. It's a different rule set. All the fucking who's who jiu-jitsu yeah. out there battling, you know, it's more kind of a wrestling tournament with submissions. Right. Really, just kind of how they have the rule set. But uh, there should be just some good matchups, man. Nice. But, Did you see uh, Gordon Ryan and Paul Harris are fucking going at it? Are they? Yeah. On what? Who's putting that on? God damn it! I don't. They're know. doing it before ADCC. I don't know. It's some super fight somewhere. I mean, I can fucking look it up real quick. It's on Jiu-Jitsu Times or. Whatever, but uh, yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it doesn't turn. I bet into you, yeah, man. Fucking Paul Harris will just pull the fucking the root, Craig Jones, root himself into the ground. Yeah, and not and not get involved in the leg entanglement. And World Jiu Jitsu Festival in Long Beach. When's it going down? It is going down. October 6th. So after ADCC. At Long Beach City College. Hmm. Interesting. World Jiu-Jitsu Festival. So, yeah. Hopefully, man. I got, I don't have high hopes for it. Because anytime we've seen Paul Harris go with his... He's, he's got enough Jiu-Jitsu experience and grappling experience. And he's a fucking gorilla of a man. Yeah. That if he doesn't want to engage with you, you're not going to force him to engage. No. Not a, Gordon Ryan's pretty big and strong, though, man. He is. I, he, he's a lot bigger and stronger than Craig Jones is. Yeah, for sure. You know, Craig Jones is a 180-pounder. I mean, he's athletic and a strong dude, don't get me wrong, but Gordon Ryan's a fucking gorilla. He may try to stand up with him. He's I mean, a, if his knee's filling up to it. He's a gorilla. He, he he can he can move Paul Harris around yeah. a little bit to where Craig Jones probably didn't have him. Well, I was thinking, like, Craig Jones wasn't going to stand with Paul Harris. Uh-huh. Like, there's just, that was, so he, he was pulling guards. And, and he's not going to be able to disrupt his base. No. Just, he just doesn't have the strength, you know. Right. But fucking Gordon Ryan's a big dude. Well, Gordon Ryan, he's not, he's not scared he on his feet, man. Uh-uh. He's not little. He ain't little. I think they got the same fucking supplement sponsor. <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do have the same supplement sponsor. So that'll be equal. <laughs> All supplements being equal. They got both got plenty of the picograms running yeah, through their veins. Exactly. Fucking peaked out on the picograms <laughs> for sure. So. I got one more thing from the conversation at uh, this weekend, and then uh, that's all I got on my notes here. That's good. We've been talking for almost two hours anyway. Carnivore vegan cycling diet. Kind of like our anabolic burst cycling diet, (laughs) but you spend two days vegan and then two days carnivore, and you just keep alternating. What do you think? It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's, not terrible. it's fucking, you know, that's the silly thing. Is that, that was what, that was kind of the joke. That is we were like, you know, we we're sitting around and, you know, uh, you're just kind of talking and then you start like talking funny shit. And I can't even remember how it got on that road, but that's exactly what it was. It was like, oh, what if we did this? And then it was like, oh yeah, you do this and you do this. And then we're like, God damn it. We could probably sell this. Like this Good. is ridiculous, yeah. but 
if you put the right package on it and you fucking spun it the right way, you could totally convince people to fucking do it. Buy this book. I'll break it down for you. Buy this book, man. The Carnivore Vegan Cycling Diet. Yep. Get the best of both worlds. So, yep. you know, but... Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be ridiculous, but then you realize, like, huh. It's not that ridiculous. It's not that ridiculous compared to some of the other shit out there, and, and you could totally fucking package it and sell it. So, there you go. Yeah. But it's not going to be my diet. I like meat. Yeah, I like meat. I like veggies. veggies I like veggies, too. too. We've tried. We, you know, I don't want to give up either. No. I have no desire to give up either one. No. I don't have anything I feel like I need. No. So, on that note... Called a rap, huh? I think so, unless you got anything else for us. <sighs> Nothing intelligent. That's I guess that's assuming that anything else I said was intelligent. That might be a leap. Might be a leap. <laughs> but <laughs> so maybe we'll just end it. At least you know not to add to the unintelligible. That is true. So. Well <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So yeah, man. I think cool. that's it. Called a rap. Yeah, and, call uh, it a rap. And uh, talk to everybody next week. Sounds good. See you. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Yeah.